Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Wednesday playoff edition of the Bastards of Boston Baseball. We have all five of our hosts, and just to make it special, Mark Rollins also will join us uh, for this round of playoff talk. All are with us. We're going to be recapping the ALDS series, uh, you know, Astros, Mariners, Yankees, Guardians, and we'll go over and we'll do the uh, National League side as well. And then we will give our predictions uh, for the ALCS and the NLCS. So we, again, will skip the high how are you's just to kind of try to speed the show up. And we have a new strategy tonight so hopefully it'll be closer to 60 minutes and not uh almost double that so mark you are in the leadoff spot we're gonna go to the yankees guardian series so what's your reaction on that who did you pick by the way because you weren't on the show to to make one yeah i i picked the yankees sure Um, you did i did did. i <laughs> All of this was on was on live radio. There there is tape of this. I did pick the Yankees. Okay, I won't make you prove it. Um because and I said going into the series and it proved to be true, the Cleveland Guardians can't hit. <laughs> I mean, put simple and plain, this team struggles offensively when Jose Ramirez is not, you know, leading the charge. He had an okay series if I remember correctly, but he wasn't the Jose Ramirez that we've seen be an MVP finalist in the past. Oscar Gonzalez was the guy coming up for uh, with big hits in games prior. And I know they won, stole a couple of games, but this is an offense that really, really can struggle at times. And the Yankees pitching, while the depth may not be what it used to be, there's still a lot of good pitchers on that Yankee staff. Garrett Cole shoved, Nestor Cortez shoved. The guys that needed to get the job done got the job done. And it doesn't necessarily surprise me that the reason the Guardians lost this was a lack of offense. Very good. Cody. Yeah, I believe I had uh, the Guardians in four. Uh, Charlie, you can keep me honest on that one. Oh, I had Guardians in five. Dang. I was right there. Uh, they were really in position A to, to pull this one out to kind of steal one um, in the division series. You know, you had the 2-1. Uh, series lead at home game four um, you know you had the opportunity to to be flexible with you know who you deployed out of the bullpen um, but you know kind of like Mark said right they they couldn't hit their way out of a, a brown paper bag and then you know today it really reared its ugly head in terms of trying to over engineer a game I don't I don't know why they stuck with the starting pitcher that they did um, especially you know at, at the beginning of the game you could tell that the guy just didn't have it you know he was kind of spooked and the moment was too big and and they could never really dig themselves out of that hole um, it really kind of gave the Yankees an opportunity to find their footing um, you know they they did struggle they didn't come through in the big moments early on they blew some leads you know they had some uncharacteristic plays uh, you know that's a that's the type of team that you need to put to bed early if you can and the longer that they stay around the more confidence that they gain the, the looser that they play, the more dangerous they become. And, and it really showed today with a, with a thorough thumping uh, by the Yankees as, as, you know, as much as it, it, it pains us to see. Um, but it was, it was a real bummer. Jason. Yeah, I picked Cleveland in this one as well. And admittedly um, may have let my heart get to my head a little bit there with that pick, because obviously didn't want to see the Yankees go forward, but 
Yeah, as um, you know, as Cody and Mark mentioned, the Cleveland's offense just went dry, went dry at the wrong time. Um, you know, and, and if Jose Ramirez isn't leading the charge, then you know the rest of that team just kind of falls flat. Um, so that was a shame to see. I think the rainout hurt them as well because they were lined up to face Tyon, who's you know one of the worst members of the Yankees pitching staff. Uh, the extra day gave the Yankees a chance to put Cortez in there, and you saw what he did. He shoved the bats down their throats. So that rainout, I think, really hurt Cleveland big time. And um, I think what hurt them the most, however, was the decision to go with Aaron Savali in that deciding game. I mean, Francona, you know, his future, I think, is is very much up in the air, not just because of that decision. I mean, you know, he's been there for a long time. They've, you know, not made it to the World Series, you know, or at least they haven't, they haven't captured a World Series. And they really just kind of look like they've plateaued under him so it might be time for some new leadership there and and i think this decision that he made tonight uh it might have cost him his job because i'm not sure that that team along with him as manager can come back from that charlie yeah there's not much to add uh when you have lethargic hitting you're not going to succeed and when the yankees throw out you know garrett cole in a playoff game he's going to do his best to earn that con, you know, earn that contract that he signed. And he did a fantastic job. And with that extra day, I know I wasn't the only one that thought of, they got to put Shane Bieber in there for game five. And I forget who it was that said, nope, they're going with Savali. I was like, BS, there's no way. There's no way in the deciding game that they're not going to put in their best starting pitcher. If, if you're, if you're talking about already playing in the next round and you haven't even gotten there yet, you're an idiot. And I love, I love Terry Francona, but that was the dumbest move I've seen him play. And, the Cleveland, uh, the Cleveland Guardians do not deserve to be in the next round. When you trot Savali out there, that's not really you taking this seriously. And to see Shane Bieber in the bullpen, just it was ridiculous. There was only two players on that team that were hitting, only two players that hit over 300. And one of them was, was Ramirez. So, you know, that doesn't really leave a lot of fair play for the rest of the team. People got to do their job. And it was really two or three players that were doing all of it on a consistent basis. You can argue that the the Yankees really probably should have won this series instead of 3-1, 4-1, because Game 3 got taken away from them too. So the better team in this series won, and as Jason had mentioned before, let, let his heart get to it. Same with me. I didn't want the Yankees to win, but that unfortunately wasn't the right decision. Terry Francona, like his Red Sox predecessor before him, left his starting pitcher in one uh, out too many in Yankee Stadium. Except, unlike Randy Little, Aaron Savali was, you know, the first batter of the game. And Francona deserves to lose his job. It was pathetic. Everyone knew it at the time. They're saying, you know, we're, we're looking long-term. That's such a load of crap. He's going to be ARB2 this offseason. We know Cleveland's not going to pay him uh, once he's a free agent. So that means he's out of there before ARB3. And Cleveland has... Tony La Russa and the rest of the White Sox to thank for making the playoffs in that joke of a division. So you are managing for next season when, you know, next season's playoffs are far from a guarantee. You, you know, those doors slam shut pretty quickly uh, in professional sports. We've all seen it. Red Sox won 90 something games last year. And, you know, we all saw what happened this year. So I wouldn't be shocked that Cleveland next season, they blew in, perfect chance uh to pitch a guy you know has some hardware in his uh trophy case there 
embarrassing move by Francona and then not challenging that call at first base. Are you kidding me? I, I just, he was sleeping from day, you know, first pitch. He will not be back next year. Both sides will cite health reasons. You saw Terry Francona in his last job on a field and not behind a broadcasting booth. The thing that makes it so perplexing to me is you look at Francona's management of the pitching in the race series in the wild card round, and it was almost perfect. The race scored, I think, one run that whole series. It only lasted two games, but it it was perfect. And up until game five in this series, nothing was wrong with his management of the, the starting pitching and the bullpen for four games. It, it was it was a matter of offense. Could they could they come up with the runs offensively to win these games? And they had a two to one lead. The Guardians were winning this series two to one. And you you face Garrett Cole game four, fine. All right, you're you're facing one of the best in the game. You didn't come up with the win. And then for Aaron Savali to be the pitcher this game, it made no sense. They're pitching in Yankee Stadium. This isn't Cleveland, which is relatively pitcher friendly. This is uh, this is hell for a starting pitcher to have to pitch in that stadium. And he didn't have the the previous starts leading up to this to justify it. He struggled epically for most of the year. There was no reason to start Aaron Savali in Yankee Stadium. If anything, just just make it a, a true bullpen game. If you're hell-bent on not starting Shane Bieber, go with your bullpen. Maybe that's not the best strategy, but it makes a little bit more sense. Your best guys were rested. Perhaps you could have kept that Yankees offense off balance, you know, by by just turning the bullpen over. I still would have started Shane Bieber. I mean, the dude was a a recent Cy Young winner, pitched pretty well uh, all year, uh, and and had so far uh, in the you know in this postseason so far. I just I don't I don't get it. And then when you got Savali in there, and the worst case scenario happens, he gives up a three spot. Well, this team isn't built to overcome that. This team isn't built to go out there and 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 match that three spot uh, within the within a few innings. It's just not that type of a team. It made no sense to put Aaron Savali uh, as the starting pitcher in this game. I'm the biggest Francona apologist there is. He's my favorite manager of all time. He stuck to his guns with Savali, you know, to the disbelief of everyone. I, I think. I think all of us were thinking, well, maybe he'll change his mind. Maybe he'll change his mind at some point in the afternoon and there'll be a different strategy, but it didn't happen. And it's too bad. Francona had those, you know, two rings with Boston. I thought the 2016 postseason was probably his finest performance as a manager with the, the Indians at the time. Uh, you know, he just didn't have a lot to work with and he got so much out of them and just kind of, this was his last great chance to, to do something great. And I think had the guardians moved on, they, they would have had a fighting chance against Houston. I really believe that. I really believe that. So that's just too bad. 
Anyway, let's uh, go on to the Astros Mariners series, which wasn't quite as eventful. But Mark, what were your thoughts on that? wasn't quite as eventful. We had an 18 inning game. What are you talking about? Well, that that <laughs> was quite an event. I I take that back. We had an 18 inning it, one it, nothing game. They it was a poor man's three. game four or game three rather of the World Series. Yeah, I mean, they saw what Cleveland and Tampa did, and they were like 15 innings. Pshaw! I I will top that by three, good sir. It no, I heading into this postseason. I had become a Mariners fan. I was all in on the Mariners. I picked them to win this series. So there's me eating crow on that. Okay. And I, it's just tough when you run into Jordan Alvarez. It's, it's one of those things. They lose game one because of a Jordan Alvarez home run. They lose game two because of a Jordan Alvarez home run. You're immediately down to nothing because of one player. And yeah, did the bats fall as asleep as humanly possible? Actually, it's safe to say they went into hibernation for two games, not one in an 18 inning affair. The bats went into hibernation. I really wanted Seattle. I was pulling for Seattle. I think Seattle is going to be a World Series contender next year, the year after that, for years to come. It's just a tough, tough situation when you run into it. It's like when anyone would play the Red Sox in the postseason between 2003 and 2016. It's like, damn, you just ran into David Ortiz. Sorry. No, nothing you can do. Cody. Yeah. Um, you know, as, as we've kind of mentioned in our takes with uh, the Guardians Yankee series, I let my emotions get me on this one. You know, uh, I had kind of adopted the Mariners in, in a little way. It'd be cool to see them. You know, they were riding high off of ending that that two decade plus playoff drought, um, you know, a rousing, a rousing victory in the, in the wild card. I was really hoping that they might be able to come in, shock the Astros. They had seen them a lot during the regular season. Um, you know, and I think, you know, if they were able to shut the door in game one, uh, this series could have been something entirely different, right? You get the wind taken out of your sails on a absolute bomb by Alvarez. And then the rest of it kind of goes the way of uh, chalk, right? It's it's that playoff experience. It's being in those moments before. It's the timely hitting. It's, it's just having that experience. Um, you know, Mark kind of mentioned it, right? Running into the Red Sox between 2003 and 2016. Don't pitch to David Ortiz, right? Why were the Mariners still pitching to Jordan Alvarez? The guy had just beaten him into the crust. Uh, it's a real bummer to see. You know, I, I do think the Mariners are going to be uh, built to to be around for a long time. Um, you know, the only problem is they got to go through through Houston, so they're looking at a wild card berth to get into the dance. But um, you know, it was an exciting series. Um, really excited to see what Houston does you know, in the next round. Jason, yeah, everyone outside of Houston was rooting for Seattle in this one. Obviously, um, I did pick the Astros to win the series and they won because of, you know, exactly how I thought they won with good pitching and dominant offense that, you know, their offense was on fire. They really had the buzzers out, excuse me, the bats out for this series. It was, uh, it was, you know, the Mariners pitching just didn't stand a chance. Their bullpen let them down too. I mean, guys like Andres Munoz, who's been on fire this season, you know, he, he was fantastic during the regular season, but he was getting smacked around Robbie Ray, their $21 million a year pitcher was terrible all series, gave up the bomb to Alvarez to lose game two. So, you know, everything the Mariners kind of built 
over the regular season and put together, it all just kind of faltered. And I think that what you saw was that Seattle built a very good team, but they went up against a great team. And that's what happens when you go up against a great team. You just, you can't survive. Houston is just too good. So, you know, Houston, once again, proves to be the class of the AL West. They have been for a number of years now. And uh, I don't know. I, I think that they've got a real legitimate shot at a World Series ring this year. As far as Seattle goes, though, you know, they'll be back. They, they've got a lot of young talent there. Um, I do think they need to beef up that bullpen and that pitching staff just a little bit more. Um, and you can't rely on Julio Rodriguez to be your only offense. You've got to go out and get more. Um, and I know that they did that last season by adding Suarez, Winker, all those guys. But you've got to add another legitimate bat in that lineup that you can rely on because you can't put all the all the weight on Rodriguez's shoulders. So I hope that Seattle does that and really makes another run at it next year. Charlie? Yeah, so when I say that I really pulled for the Mariners to, to win, I think I had the pick of the series until Jason, you know, picked the uh, ALDS team. I don't know if we're going to talk about that next or, or not. But I, I legit thought Mariners had this. I can't stand the Astros, and I'm now in between a rock and hard place for the teams that are left. And, uh, you know, I jokingly called Terry and, you know, said some some words that, eh, you know, not proud of. I'm pretty unhappy about it, but – I'm just not I'm not really content with um with everything that happened. It it sucked to see one player basically do all the damage for for two games. It it really really sucked because you're up 6 to 2 I think after 3 innings, you know, 3 and a half innings in the game 1 and we've already talked about it how one player basically ended their hopes in in literally two swings, which is insane. And it's I mean, I have I have no words for it. You know, credit the credit the Strohs for doing what they did, but man, oh man, um, it, it's going to be exciting to see this team in the future. I know it's going to be kind of a tough pill to swallow right now, but I will not be picking the same team for the AL West three years in a row. Uh, everyone made fun of me for picking the Angels two years in a row. I won't be making that mistake a third time. Terry's still laughing about it, uh, but this is my team moving forward in the AL West. I honestly feel like. You know, we just talked about the, the bullpen additions that they could get. One of the players that I think would be awesome in Seattle again is a player they traded away a couple of years ago, and that's Edwin Diaz. If he were to come back to Seattle, you got a lockdown closer. I think it would be really interesting to see if he'd like to you know, rekindle that flame with, with Seattle. You add another bat to go with Julio Rodriguez, and good golly, Miss Molly, the Mariners are there. So that's something to be mindful of for the future as well. I'm sticking with my Trout's getting traded this winter prediction. Go ahead, Andrew. Um, yeah, I don't know if I had this one or the Yankee series as my lock. I uh, definitely had Houston. I didn't think Seattle stood a chance. Unfortunately, I mean, obviously rooting for Seattle because no one wants to see this. But at the end of the day, now that the Yankees advance, maybe it's a good thing. But getting back on track here, this uh, this was a hell of an opportunity for Seattle, and I think they kind of let it go through their grasps, uh, not so much to their own fault like we saw in, with um, Terry Francona there, but you got to be smarter when you're facing Jordan Alvarez right now. He's the best hitter on the planet in playoffs other than Stanton. Also walk him, Terry Francona, next time. Um, and, you know, 
Seattle is an issue going forward. They don't have a lot of boppers in that lineup. Do we know if Big Jumper just had his best year that he's ever going to have? Did Ty France just peak? You know, Julio Rodriguez, amazing. Congratulations. They're going to get another first-round pick this year. They're going to get the 29th pick for him winning Rookie of the Year. That's great. Uh, Amazing consolation prize. There was a report today that they were extremely upset with Jesse Winker and then that they're going to have a uh, sit-down in the offseason. Apparently, the players – they freaking hate him. Um, they said he doesn't prepare for any of the games. He quit on the team. This is a bad situation. If Suarez didn't, you know, pull a Mike Lull circa 2008 in a, as a throw-in in a trade, they would have been screwed this season. So who knows if Suarez provides that bop next season. I think they're going to re-sign Mitch Hanniger, which sucks for my, you know, Mitch Hanniger Red Sox 2023 dream. I they, I'm not too sure what their offense is going to look like going forward. And I don't think any of us are going to pick them to win the division next season. I think Robbie Ray was a horrific signing. I didn't like it at the time. Um, His stuff dropped significantly. If you look at his Savant page. Yeah. I think um, they need to catch some lightning in a ball. They caught, they got caught up with a, just an absolute terrible matchup. I think they would have done a lot better if they faced the Yankees. Unfortunately, um, you know, they caught the, caught the Astros and that's just what happens. I think with the Alvarez situation, at least in game one, I forget the exact scenario uh, in game two, but um, in game one, there were two runners on. So I don't think walking him was necessarily the the way to go. And I was listening to, I think, one of the athletic podcasts today, and Scott Service talked about how it was the plan from the get-go to bring Robbie Ray in to face Jordan Alvarez if that situation came up. And that's what happened. First pitch, and it was Audi 5000. You know, one of the most dramatic postseason walk-offs I can recall in quite a while. I know Manny Ramirez hit an epic one against the Angels back in 07. You know, that was another lifetime ago. But, But Alvarez is the reason we're here. And... As cool as it was to see a historic kind of 18 inning game, I was extremely frustrated by the fact everybody was going for home runs. Nobody was trying to put the ball in play to get runners on. It was kind of a a snooze fest for for those innings. And uh, I was wondering what the Astros would do as far as what their bullpen strategy would be. And uh, Luis Garcia ended up being the guy and was masterful. It kind of rivals the performance of uh, Nathan Avaldi uh, in 2018. The stakes obviously much lower because it's an earlier playoff round. But but I thought the Astros were were gonna were gonna win it uh, anyway. I mean that was my pick. I don't. I think I had them in four games, but um, it was fun to watch the Seattle crowd come to life. I think they were having a watch party at the stadium and you were seeing viral videos of people at work watching on TV and the whole office going nuts. And uh, I love that for that fan base. And I, I hope they're competitive uh, next year. I hope they, f- they find ways to, to, y- you know, boost their offense and, um, you know, challenge the Astros for the division. So, um, good series. All right, let's go ahead and get over to the national league. Let's go with Dodgers Padres. Mark thoughts on that series. 
I'll eat crow again. I had the Dodgers in a sweep. I thought the Padres stunk going into this series. I'm just, <laughs> I mean, I I was so out on San Diego. It's not even funny. Uh, I, yeah, man, it's Dave Roberts in the postseason. I don't know why I keep picking this guy to go forward in the postseason. He's not a good manager. Um, never has been, never will be. And once again, here we are with the Dodgers getting eliminated early. It's, it, I feel like every year in every sport, there's a team or two, and both of them are in the National League this year where it's like, wow, you know, what a story. Look at what the Padres have had to come back from. They lose their star player first to a ridiculous injury and then to a steroid suspension. They go out and get a couple of guys in Juan Soto and Josh Bell, and both of them immediately stank. I mean, Juan Soto still had like a 125 OPS plus in San Diego, I think, but Josh Bell was horrible. And hell of a comeback by them. The Dodgers underperformed again. It, you know, it was interesting. I saw you guys talking about it in the war room. I had never really thought about Mookie Betts' postseason statistics before. They're not very good. Mookie is not a huge postseason hitter. Mediocre kinda, Mookie. Yeah, it kind of surprised me. And just seeing that loaded Dodgers team, again, it's just what happens when you have a bad manager. And that's why the Yankees are going to lose to the Astros, because they too have a bad manager. It's just what happens in the playoffs. Cody. I mean, when it comes down to the playoffs, you know, you can do all the analytics, you can do all the stat uh, research you want. Um, I think this is one of those series where it really comes down to who wanted it more, right? Um, you know, the the Padres were were hot off the win of of beating the Mets, um, and they were hungry. You know, they were they faced des- deficits in a lot of the games, and they didn't get phased. You know, you're down three zero and in the seventh inning and you put up a crooked number and then you, you know, you come back winning that game, I think five to three. Uh, I believe that was game four, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, there's not a lot of pretty numbers in the postseason. You know, you're not going to have guys um, batting high averages, you know, going crazy with extra base hits. But if you look at, you know, the numbers that the Dodgers had, they were really gruesome outside of Freddie Freeman and Trey Turner. Um, you know, guys that you're expecting to produce like, you know, mediocre Mookie as, as we've labeled him, um, you know, Bellinger has been, you know, a wall since what, uh, 2019. I, I don't remember the last time he's really been the guy that uh, he showed up on the scene as, and, and the pitching really just didn't carry him home. Um, you know, it's a, it's a bummer to see out of Los Angeles, obviously, you know, it's a, it's a fun team. It's a great market, but they just consistently underperform in the playoffs. Jason. Yeah, welcome to the playoffs when it's a real season, L.A. Uh, not as much fun this time around, huh? So, uh, you know, uh, Cody mentioned it. Uh, outside of Freeman and Trey Turner, what happened to that offense? I mean, you know, Mookie, we all know from watching him that he's not a playoff performer. But even, the you know, the other guys in that lineup, Justin Turner, non-existent. Um, you know, Max Muncy w- was average at best. And the Dodger bullpen really did not help them out either. Their bullpen was terrible, and that was a concern for them going in with the whole Craig Kimbrell situation, whether or not they were going to even let him close at all. Um, I think that going back, the Dodgers probably regret not going after a guy like Hayter, like the Padres did, because what a difference he's been for that team in the postseason. So 
Uh, I'm surprised at LA's pitching that it, you know, that it uh, crumbled as much as it did because it's been really good all year. And, you know, it's just one of those cases where regular season, you can dominate all you want, but you get into the playoffs and you go up against a team like San Diego who has gone all in. And I've criticized that for San Diego. I, I think that if they don't win, they're going to be in big trouble going forward. But, you know, give them credit. They do want it. They went all in for it. And the Dodgers, I think, just kind of thought they could cruise. And I think they were already looking past San Diego. They were looking at Atlanta. I mean, that's, you know, because they thought Atlanta was going to go through. That's what the Dodgers thought. So it's, you know, it's just a team that's a little bit choky, a little bit more choky than people want to admit because they still recognize that fake World Series that they won during the COVID year. But you take that out and this whole Dodgers, you know, are the model and, you know, look at the Dodgers, the five-year window they've built. It's closing pretty quick. It's closing quicker than people want to admit. So another choke job by them. And honestly, as a side note, I'm just so happy they're out. I'm so happy we don't have to go through another MLB playoffs or another World Series with the Dodgers. So thank God. I'm not the only person that was pretty dead set um, on the Dodgers winning. Uh, the Dodgers were uh, a pretty safe pick in this one. Uh, to me, I thought it was pretty easy. Three of us picked the Dodgers in fours, Charlie, myself, Cody, and Jason. Um, and we were all wrong. To me, I thought that was the easiest one, if not the second easiest one, along with the Braves. But you can't survive if you don't hit, and you can't survive if your starters aren't starting. Tony Gonsolin was just coming back from an injury. He was being used very gently, and that wasn't getting the job done. Um, Mookie Betts, we already know that he's just not it in the playoffs, and Jason already hit on it. You know, in a, in a non-full season, yeah, you can be all that in a bag of chips, but when it counts the most, you have to focus on every single out. You cannot look past certain teams like fans, as we do. We do that. We just think this should be a cruise job for them. And after the first game, we're like, awesome. couple more, and this one's done. Guess what? Those couple more never came. And while they only got out, I think they got outscored by a total of three runs. Three runs is all you needed. You just need to win each of those games by one on average, and that's exactly what they did. I think the Dodgers, even though they, they were 22 games different in relation to the Dodgers, uh, Padres were able to just be a better team, and the Dodgers fell flat when it mattered the most. And I think having that situation where there was no official closer going into the playoffs, that also wasn't good. Craig Kimbrell got relieved of that duty. All that money on that payroll, you need to have a solid bullpen. And you found out real quickly what happens when you have to face three guys that throw 100 miles an hour or harder. So the better team, unfortunately, in my opinion, won as far as playoff, playoff matchup proof situations are concerned. Dodgers didn't get it done. LA natives and Dodgers fans throughout the world mark November 18th down on your calendar that's Mickey Mouse's birthday and we'll be celebrating your 2020 World Series win uh yeah bunch of frauds picked San Diego in this one had pretty good faith that they were gonna get it taken care of pretty easily Mookie you know for all the bitching that Red Sox fans do left and right on Twitter while you're bitching on Twitter that the Red Sox traded him uh, just put in parentheses Mookie in contract and uh, just go to town for about a half hour and look at all the people in L.A. that are furious with him. 
Craig Kimbrell wasn't even on the, you know, the roster. The only time we saw him was when he flew in from Canada and landed in the middle of the field as a goose. It, it was unbelievable. San Diego absolutely just schooled them. Cody Bellinger got benched in a pivotal game. Ironically enough, they put uh, Trace Thompson in, who started the season on San Diego, was let go by San Diego, then let go by the Tigers. So, yeah, there's your $20 million arbitration MVP. L.A. is washed. Clayton Kershaw has never accomplished anything in the postseason outside of, you know, we're playing in a neutral uh, stadium. Yeah, um, Dave Roberts can't send a guy. If anyone in the world knows the importance of a postseason stolen base, it's him. Absolute choke job, just, you know, fraud alert that came out of uh, L.A. And I think they were pretty confident that they were going to get it done. Um, but, hey, Mookie bowled a perfect game like two days before. So, hey, you, you know, rest your laurels on that one. I also picked the Padres. I won't say I was quite as confident uh, as Andrew was, but I just there was I just thought with a little bit of momentum, I didn't think Dodgers starting pitching would be that great. Surprisingly, Dodgers starting pitching wasn't bad. You had Kershaw giving up three runs. You had Urias give up three runs. Gonzalez only went one and a third, so I guess they just went bullpen strategy uh with that one and uh, i forget who pitched game four but um and game four was really i think in my opinion where the dodgers lost it you had that uh yancy almonte kid uh come into the game the dodgers were up i think three nothing almonte gives up three earned runs uh, right away and the surprising thing about that was he had a great season. I mean, he, he only pitched uh, 35 innings, but had a 1.02 ERA. So Kyle, uh, excuse me, um, John Schreiber-esque numbers there. Um, and then Tommy Canely comes in, uh, only gave up one earned run the whole month of September, but was tagged for uh, two more. And that was a five-run inning that the Padres put up. If If that inning doesn't happen, you go to game five, who knows what happens in game five at that point. But Mookie Betts, two for 14. Justin Turner, two for 13. So they were uh, they batted 143 and 154, respectively. Uh, a couple of key guys that have been pivotal to their regular season success, not really showing up this series. Uh, Freddie Freeman lived up to his contract in every way, had a good series, but uh, unfortunately they just couldn't get, uh, they just couldn't push enough runs across home plate and Padres won the series. And you know, there's been some talk all week. Is it a disadvantage to have a buy and, and be a little bit cold? I think, I think the Astros kind of suffered from that a little bit. And you could even say perhaps the Mariners too, because some of those games were not high scoring, but we'll, we'll see if MLB takes a look at that. I, I don't really know what else you can do, but, um, but definitely, uh, definitely a dud performance, uh, by the Dodgers. And I think that's the, the, they're the, the Yankees, uh, you know, of the national league, as far as we're concerned with, you know, Mookie being there, we don't want to see him get a ring and, 
um, so on and so forth. So final series to get into here, Braves, Phillies, Mark reaction to that series. Pitching, 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 pitching. The Phillies scored seven, eight, and nine runs in the three games that they won. The Braves won the World Series last year based off of their pitching, specifically their bullpen, Tyler Matzik and all the you know great stories about him, and they were calling him like Big Nuts Matzik or whatever they were calling him. Um, it, if you don't pitch, you can't win a series. The Braves did not pitch. Yeah, they had one shutout victory. Whoop-de-doo. The Phillies aren't going to score at least seven runs every single game. Um, But without any sort of reliable pitching. This is another one. I had the Braves. The Braves were my preseason pick to repeat as World Series champions. Uh, So that's how, how, how high I was on Atlanta. It was just abysmal. The pitching was quite simply abysmal. Seven, eight, and nine runs. Can't allow that to happen in, in any time, let alone in the postseason. Cody. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm realizing now I think I went 0 for 4 on my division series picks, which is thrilling for your boy. Um, <laughs> but. You know, I, I really like the Phillies offense going through the wild card in, in St. Louis. I didn't think St. Louis could hang with them, but I thought, you know, as Mark kind of mentioned, the pitching in Atlanta would have been too tough and, you know, Phillies kind of too reliant on the long ball. Um, I thought that luck kind of would have run out, but it, it really didn't. And and Atlanta didn't really rise to the occasion. You know, they had um, they had that one great game, you know, with, with the shutout. But outside of that, they really just kind of laid an egg um, top to bottom. You know, starters weren't able to go deep. Uh, in the game, put a lot of pressure on the bullpen, and the bullpen couldn't shut it down. And and Philly was just relentless with their offense. Um, not much to say other than you know, <laughs> maybe don't come for me for predictions or, or lottery numbers. Jason, in the voice of the great Dennis Eckersley, I told you it's time to party, Philly. Let's go, the fighting Phils. Uh, I'm taking a little victory lap because I did pick Philly in four. That's exactly what we got. Um, I talked about their pitching heading into that series. It, you know, it was pretty good. It wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. It was more their offense that took care of Atlanta. And for Atlanta, their pitching went completely backwards. I mean, just, you know, Mark mentioned it at the start. Like, you can't pitch like that, and you can't let the Phillies' offense get on a roll like that because their lineup's too good. Braves bullpen faltered, their starters faltered, and I don't think their stars really showed up in this series. I, I think that they were all, you know, pretty quiet for the most part. So, um, you know, Dansby Swanson didn't do anything. This is a guy who's going to hit the free agent market and is expecting to get, you know, a, a pretty sizable contract. He didn't do himself any favors. Um and I think Atlanta just was looking past Philly a little bit. I think Atlanta had the same problem the Dodgers did. They were looking past their opponent just a little too much. Um, and Philly turned on the gas and, and just completely went by them. So Atlanta's still, you know, really good. They're going to be right back there next year. Um, they've just got way too much talent on that team, way too much young talent too. Spencer Strider, I know he got beat up in this series, but he's a stud. He's an absolute freak pitcher, so... Um, they've got a good base, and 
you know, they're going to be right there contending, uh, probably winning the NL East next year if I have to, you know, make an early prediction on that one. But, yeah, they just went backwards in this series against Philly. And, you know, they're running into a hot team that has sort of a team of destiny feel to it. But it was still a massive disappointment for a team that was really good all season for the Braves to just completely falter like that. Yeah, I couldn't believe that I was going to see the fight and fills win this one. Uh, Cody, honestly, all you had to do is not pick what I picked, and you would have gone four for four. Uh, Cody and I were the only two that went 0 for four in this one. It was uh, an ugly one, and I did not think that uh, the Phillies really were going to win one. I thought maybe the Braves win in four, but I said, let's be bold. Let's, let's go crazy here. Jason just picked the Phillies. I got to do something wild. And boy, did I get... Just completely, I could not have been more wrong. So what ended up happening outside of Spencer Strider completely falling apart? He hadn't pitched in 32 days. He hadn't pitched in over a month. The amount of pressure that was on that young man was insane. That's the the Braves version of Brian Bale that we have in Boston. They're both 23, 24 years old. There's a lot going into this kid, a lot of pressure going on for him. He didn't get the job done. And then the last game, Two relievers who are consistently locked down, lights out. A.J. Minter, ridiculous pitcher all year. Rizal Iglesias had a .34 ERA after getting traded for. Those are guys that need to get the job done. In the last game, they combined for two innings, allowed three runs. Yeah, you struck out four. You allowed three runs. You let this game get away. Charlie Morton did you no favors. Of course, he may have gotten injured again. We still don't know. He's another bad luck recipient for balls coming back and cracking him. But the Phils just had a lot of work done from a couple of their guys, and the Braves were relying again on two people to do all their damage. And the problem is you cannot expect all that damage to happen with one swing. It just doesn't work. It's not going to happen. It's not going to be a guaranteed lock. They lost the first game by one. It was close because it was only within one run, but that's – kind of fluffed because that three runs came out in the, in the last inning, you lost by four and then you got slapped around, lost by eight. And then by five, you got destroyed. So yeah, you need to retool and you got to figure out what what's going on because your bullpen, it might've been just like the perfect storm where all the stars aligned and everyone had a bad game. It, it just, it went from bad to worse, but crowd the fills. Yeah, you know, looking back at it, I, I think I put too much faith in uh, – well, I picked Atlanta um, – in Strider coming back and just picking up where he left off, and that clearly wasn't the case. And I don't know if any of our listeners happen to work for, like, FanDuel or anything, but if you could put odds on Charlie Morton getting hit by a line drive in the playoffs next year, I'd love to bet on that. Uh, that seems just to be a just a moral lock. I, Minus 4,000. Yeah, right? <laughs> bet the house to win 100. Um, it sucked. The You know, the Braves came out flat. I don't know what that you know, inside pitch that destroyed Acuna's elbow, you know, you know, how much of a factor that played into what he did. I, it was very disappointing for someone that was kind of rooting for Atlanta because I think they were the, I don't want to I guess the, like, least of all evils left in the postseason at that point. So I, I don't know. I, I was really hoping they pull it off. Um, 
I'm sure they'll be back next season. Everyone kind of thinks, you know, they're absolutely lined up since they gave about 14 guys extensions till 2045. I'm sure a few of those are going to bust, but yeah, they, they're going to have to recalibrate. It, they didn't have much of an offseason to recover from their postseason run. I expected more out of them. They came out flat. They let me down. I was very disappointed in the Braves because I really had a lot of confidence going in. I may have had the Braves also winning the World Series. I know I had them going to it, but um, this matchup, the the Braves-Phillies, was the one I was the least worried about. When the Phillies played the Cardinals, I, I didn't think it was going to be a wash, but I um, I certainly thought the Braves would, would take care of business and like you guys said, I mean, their starting pitching outside of game two just got utterly trounced. Max Freed just was asleep at the wheel from the get-go, got slapped around. Strider, like you guys said, perhaps the moment was too big, perhaps not pitching in a month was, um, you know, very detrimental. And then Charlie Morton, dude's 38 years old getting up there and it's they he just got an extension too with with an option for 2024 so they they didn't pitch they didn't hit and the the phillies were just ready to take care of business and and that's what they did so um i'm pretty surprised at that Uh, i think it's the most surprising upset uh, of the postseason so far because they were hot they were like white hot that second half nobody thought they were going to catch the mets and then they did and they they flew right by him in the last week so charlie thoughts you're on mute thank you that's a hazard that i always wanted to make sure i don't over talk on somebody uh, for the World Series, Andrew actually picked the Braves and I picked the Dodgers. Everybody else, their teams didn't advance. It was it was just really unlucky. But the NL pennant, we had one for Dodgers and three for Braves. So at least we were consistent. Wait, who, who did I pick? For the NL, you picked the Braves to go. Oh, I did. And then for the World Series, you picked the uh, Blue Jays to win it all. Oh, I had the Blue Jays winning it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember which team I went with, but... Uh, all right, so uh, that was the uh, recap. We did get through that a little bit quicker, and uh, we'll get through this part quicker because there's only two matchups to pick. Uh, let's start on the American League side. This is the ALCS. Game one will be on, let's see, Wednesday night. Uh, so that, that will be tonight for uh, everyone uh, listening on your commutes. But go ahead, Mark. Let's see if we can uh, nail these ones down. Who do you have winning uh, with the American League side? Shout out. Uh, I also had Blue Jays Braves um, in the World Series. So it, Terry and I in lockstep there. Um, for I've got the – which series want me to start with? Uh, we'll just do the uh, AL, and then we'll okay. we'll move um, back later on the other side. Astros and Astros and five. I, this isn't even being a Red Sox fan and hating the Yankees. It is a simple fact of life that the Yankees cannot beat the Astros in the postseason. It's death, taxes, Justin Verlander throwing eight shutout in Houston. Like, it, this is, it's a cute matchup. It really is. 
is it played out 100%. I'm kind of tired of seeing it, but I will never get tired of seeing the Yankees lose. I think they're going to steal one game. Stanton's going to have one of those games where he hits like a grand slam in the bottom of the sixth inning, put the Yankees up one, and then they shut it down. Like stuff like that is going to happen once. It's going to happen once. So I'll I'll take the Astros in five. I just the, the Yankees can't beat this team. I don't think this is even close to the best team the Astros have had in recent years. If anything, I think it's the weakest team that they've had in recent years. And I still think they're going to destroy the Yankees. Love the confidence. Cody, go ahead. What's your AL pick? Uh, I like the Astros in sixth here. Um, you know, I know that the ALCS just got solidified today, but they're already billing it up like it's, you know, um, Warriors, um, Cavaliers, um, 2016 to 2020, right? You know, like, oh, this is the third rendition of the ALCS between the Astros and the Yankees within the last five years. The only downside or, you know, the, the comparison that doesn't happen work here is the Yankees have yet to beat the Astros, right? Um, if I were a betting man, I would bet the over. We got two band box stadiums. You got the Crawford boxes and that short porch in, in right in Yankee Stadium. I think balls are going to be flying all over the place and it's just going to be a matter of, you know, mono e mono. what can the rest of the lineup do, right? You have Alvarez and Stanton that are both going to hit some some major game momentum swinging home runs, but it's it's what can the rest of the lineup do? And, you know, looking at the Yankee lineup, I haven't really seen it. You know, Judge, I think, left the yard twice in the ALDS, but outside of that, he had, you know, a golden sombrero and struck out in like seven straight appearances. Um, you know, you're you're relying on guys like Donaldson and Bader to, to carry the rest of the offense if Stanton's not up with guys on base, and I just don't think that's sustainable um you know, the Astros obviously have great pitching you have Alvarez you have Altuve who seems to hit up you know at least two to three home runs in every every series he's he's chasing down the major league postseason record for most home runs um I, I think the Astros are, are too deep and they'll they'll win it in six Jason I'm gonna say Astros in four um the Astros are the Yankees daddy they absolutely are and I am not impressed with the Yankees and how they got past Cleveland. You needed so much help to get past a team that has like 10% of your payroll. I mean, and a team that can't hit. Um, yeah, they, they got some impressive performances for guys like Garrett Cole and Nestor Cortez. But, you know, Cody mentioned Aaron Judge. He, he wasn't exactly lighting it on fire in, the, in that series. So he's looking a little cold right now. The Astros' offense is on fire, and I'm not worried about the time off for them. If anything, I think if there's a team that can handle having a little bit of a longer layoff, it's Houston. They've been here before. Um, they know what to do. They know what it's like. And I think Houston, honestly, is just sitting there patiently waiting, and, and they're ready. They're ready to take on this Yankees team again. And um, Jordan Alvarez is having an amazing postseason. I like Houston's pitching better. Um, I like their bullpen better, and they've got a deeper lineup. Again, the Yankees are going to rely on Stanton and Judge to power their way past these guys because the rest of their lineup stinks. It's not good. Josh Donaldson looks like a shell of himself. Um, you know, their outfield is a mishmash of just whatever outside of Judge. Aaron Hicks, you know, got was involved in a collision tonight, so who knows? He might even miss the whole series, that, that guy, that injury-prone overpaid player. Harrison Bader is not a good player. Um, 
So I don't know. The Yankees just don't impress me that much at all. And I think Houston's just way too well-constructed. And honestly, in terms of the managers, Aaron Boone versus Dusty, I, I don't know. That's kind of a wash. But Dusty's has, has more experience. And I think Aaron Boone gets into these moments where he goes up against great teams like Houston and he just can't figure it out. He can't put the pieces together. So, yeah, Houston in four. I'm actually trying to find what I wrote because I couldn't remember if I said, uh, I think I said Astros in six for this one and Padres in seven or later on. Sorry um, for already throwing that out there, talking out loud. Um, this one, I think the Yankees are going to sneak by. They're going to steal one or two. I, I, Jason, that's two rounds in a row where you're going with a bold one. First, the Phillies in four. Now you're saying Astros in four. You know, I almost feel like I should say Astros in five just to make it a little exciting. But I do think that the Yankees are going to be able to, to get at least one, maybe two. Uh, so six is more like playing it safe. I'm going a little conservative there. Um, the Astros have had a couple days to just kind of rest it up, take it easy for a little bit. And that doesn't always necessarily breed success. But they've got Jose Altuve, who is second on the list all time with 23 playoff home runs behind only Manny Ramirez, which is insane because Jose Altuve has to stand on his tippy toes to see on top of the counter. It's absolutely wild. But we already talked, Mark already mentioned it about how Justin Verlander always seems to find a way. I really am nervous to deviate from that because I don't trust the Yankees bullpen. That's what it comes down to. The Yankees bullpen is the huge wild card here. We already know about the drama surrounding a world's Chapman. He's not going to be there, but I have a little bit more faith in what Houston's able to do. I think that Jordan Alvarez is going to be a, a player that they're not going to pitch around because they didn't, the Yankees didn't learn any lessons. They didn't really have to work as hard. And I think Jordan's probably going to have one or two really big hits. I think one of those hits is going to be a game-winning hit as well. So Astros six. Full disclosure, the next two predictions out of me are not going to be anything based on analysis. It's just pure emotion. Astros in six, I feel like this series – you know, you'll see 42. It won't feel that close. I think the Yankees will steal a couple games off something stupid, probably in Yankee Stadium where they hit a 298-foot home run. And, you know, Yankee fans are like, just deal with it, bro. Love Fenway. And, yeah, I, I, I just don't see any way this team beats them. Uh, this Yankees team beats Houston, that is. And, you know, I, I think the Yankees bullpen got pretty taxed the, this past series. And their bats couldn't do anything against Cleveland. Are you kidding me? It's Cleveland. You could beat Cleveland. You should be Cleveland in three. So you're going to tell me you're going to be Houston? No, it's not going to happen. Houston isn't going to screw around. They're a team full of vets. They replaced Carlos Correa with Jeremy Pena, who's been freaking ridiculous. Won a damn game. So, yeah. No. Houston all the way, I think – in. I honestly think Houston's underachieved so far, and I think they're going to wake up. I think Kyle Tucker's probably going to put, you know, two uh, Aaron Judgeian type home runs into the cheap seats of Yankee Stadium, and it's going to make the difference. Houston, lock it down. Please, God, do not let the Yankees advance. Well, it's going to be a clean sweep for the Astros. 
I will say this. I'm a little nervous. I'm more nervous than you guys. I wish I had your confidence, but the one thing that gives me a little bit of uh, ease, I guess, is that the Yankees rotation isn't going to be set uh, nearly the way that they want it. Um, they're going to have Jamison Tyon going game one. I don't know game two. If that's Garrett Cole, that's on one day short of rest. So perhaps he goes game three on regular rest. But also Nestor Cortez, that does that push him to game four? That's a long time. I mean, so maybe they do go Cole a game early just to get Cortez in there and game in game three, I just I don't know how you you go into a series with your two aces uh, not being utilized until games three and four. Uh, Houston can can set their rotation any way they want, and it's going to be Verlander. Game two hasn't been announced, but why wouldn't it be Framber Valdez? Um, so, but the here's what gives me a little bit of pause here. Here's what makes me a little nervous. Justin Verlander didn't look good and it was a mechanical thing and they think they have that worked out. I hope they have that worked out because you it's hard to win a series without a healthy Justin Verlander. And when you look at the fact he'll be 40 in February, I mean, he didn't pitch for much of the last month with a calf injury. So maybe that'll maybe he's rested and that's a good thing. But I'm just a little nervous there. He did run out of gas in, in 2019, and I think he pitched, what, game six of the World Series and um, just was completely out of gas. So I'm a little bit worried there. Another thing that bothers me immensely is Jose Altuve didn't record a hit in the divisional series against the Mariners. He was, uh, I forget where my notes are. I think he was something like 0 for 14. And I and one of his at-bats, I watched him swing at strike three that looked like it was about two feet over his head. So Jose needs to clean it up, and he needs to be the postseason hero uh, he's been in the past, notably off of uh, Chapman there in the final game in 2019 before going to the World Series. He did crush Chris Sale uh, to our dismay, but that, that was the year they were cheating. Although Altuve, supposedly him and Josh Reddick weren't using that whole system, but, um, but anyway, still, you know, it's, uh, it's a little tainted, but like Andrew said, Houston never really got going. You know, they, they were down by three runs and then Alvarez puts up three in the walk-off against the Mariners. And, uh, they only put up four in game uh, two, and two of those were due to Alvarez, and then only one run in game three, which took 18 innings to score. So they are a little, uh, you know, a little rusty, uh, I think, going into that. And now they've had another extended rest. That worries me. They don't have Carlos Correa. They don't have Michael Brantley. They're going to be relying on some younger guys. Kyle Tucker looks like he's all the way there, but you know, he needs to show that in the postseason. And uh Jeremy Pena was surprisingly very good uh this year taking over for Carlos Correa, but still another young guy that's uh relatively unproven. Uh Trey Mancini did not do much. So uh, this this offense is a little bit less robust than it has been in years past. And 
that does give me a little bit of pause. The one upside, though, uh, the bullpen in that Seattle Mariners series, one run. That's all they gave up, and it was from Christian Javier. Uh, not super consequential, um, but that bullpen was as advertised, and I think they were the number one bullpen uh, in Major League Baseball. Um you know, over the entire season. So I'm just just a little bit worried about the bats, a little bit worried about Verlander officially. I'm going to say Astros in six because, again, the Yankees are at a huge disadvantage with their uh, alignments, with their starting pitching. So let's go over to the National League side. Mark, Phillies, Padres, and full disclosure for the audience, because of the wonky schedule, the rain out, game one has already happened, but the picks we're about to give you were made this afternoon before game one, so we were not influenced by what took place in game one. We're going to give you the picks that we gave earlier in the day, several hours before first pitch. Okay, again, go ahead, Mark. And yeah, now I have to see, see exactly what the number was I said. I'm pretty sure it was... Um, Phillies and five or no, it was six. It was six. Um, yeah, this is more of a gut feeling for me. This, this is the type of series where between these two teams at this stage, I don't know how deep you can really look into the analytics just because baseball's that sport where just who the hell knows what's going to happen. So I'm just going with my gut here that leans towards the Phillies. I don't know why the Phillies are the team of destiny this year, but it seems like they are. I don't know if it's just a Philadelphia thing. If the Sixers won tonight over the Celtics, I would be all in on Philly sports for the rest of the year. But the Eagles undefeated. Phillies get hot at the right time. Now they're playing to make the World Series. Maybe a little a year of Philadelphia. Rocky came out... Uh, 45 years ago this year so maybe that's what's influencing this city's sports teams right now i just i just got a feeling with the phillies i'm going to take them in six i think they're a better team than the padres right now especially if bryce harper is just back to being an mvp again um kyle schwarber hit a ball 488 feet tonight and it went 119.7 miles an hour off the bat yeah, that's right. I said Kyle Schwarber, not Aaron Judge, not Giancarlo Stanton. Kyle Schwarber hit the hardest home run in postseason history tonight. If they're going to do that and Zach Wheeler's just going to look like prime Roy Halladay, yeah, I'll I'll take the Phillies in six. Cody? Yeah, I had the the Phillies in six as well, and and credit to the squad for getting these picks in before before the first pitch at the NLCS as well. Um, you know, I think for this series, this is the first time that the Padres are going to come up against a team that's kind of on the upswing, right? You know, they got they got the Mets originally who kind of faltered, lost the division there right at the end. They got the Dodgers, and we've already covered that um, extensively how they do in the postseason. If the Phillies can get top to bottom lineup production, they got a lot a lot. They got a lot of guys that can bop. Um, you know, Real Muto, Castellanos, and whatever disaster comes along with that. Uh, you know, pour one out for that. Um, I think the Phillies are, are too hot of a team right now. I liked them against the the Cardinals. Uh, I didn't think they would keep it going against the Braves. They proved me wrong. So, you know, why pick against them now? Um, yeah. Mark, Mark said it great. I think Drew said it as well. You can throw all the stats in the books um, out. You know, you just go by, you go by gut. I like Philadelphia insects. 
Jason? Yeah, not to sound like a broken record, but Philadelphia in six. Um, I My concern about San Diego going into the playoffs and going into their last series against the Dodgers was their offense. Um, I think their offense is mostly just driven by Manny Machado. Um, I, you know, I sort of said Soto and Bell, since they got in there, haven't really done much. Um, Jay Cronworth has been quiet as well, so they struggle to score runs at times. Philly's offense, when it gets rolling, is unstoppable. And Bryce Harper is on fire right now. Real Muto's on fire right now. Kyle Schwarber had a little bit of a rough divisional series, but you know he already hit a massive bomb tonight, so he might be waking up. And I still like Philly's starting rotation better. I think the trio of Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, and Ranger Suarez is just going to be too much for that San Diego lineup to deal with. So I like the Phillies. I, you know, I liked them in the last series. I'm, I'm riding the hot hand. I just, I think that they've got something about them that it, it on paper, it shouldn't work defensively. They're a nightmare at times to watch, but they seem to just, it, it doesn't seem to affect them. It doesn't seem to matter whether it's because they can score enough runs to make it not matter or whether it's because their pitching is so good that it makes up for bad defense in the field. Um, for some reason, they can just they can get by. And I just like them a lot better, the way they're constructed, the way their lineup's constructed. I like it a lot better than San Diego. So I'm going Phillies in six. Well, I've been – Bleeding out with the last four picks, I um, I in this one have the Padres in seven. So I know this is going to be kind of bucking from the trend, but I already said it in the in the room. I just I don't think that they're going to be able to consistently do work against three relievers that can throw a hundred miles an hour or more. And Josh Hader is back. The Phillies do not have a Josh Hader. The starting rotation, a little bit more of a question mark. You Darvish is a starter that you've got to get a win for. If you can't win for you Darvish, good God, this team's in trouble. I do think, however, that the Padres are going to have to to buck this kind of ugly streak that they've had in relation to uh, some of the other teams that we've been seeing so far in the playoffs. But Juan Soto has been like Mookie Betts. He's been a non-factor. He's due to warm up and he's due to start hitting home runs. Manny Machado is going to continue doing what he does. And that's a very ugly one, two or two, three in the lineup. If Bell can start to wake up, Cronenworth continues to do what he's doing. Grisham hits a, a couple of bombs in this series. I think seven is, is again, very conservative, but, but that that's my, my take on it. I, I just, I'm terrified of that bullpen. That's what it comes down to for me. I already gave the warning that none of my predictions right now are going to be anything based on analysis. I picked San Diego in five just purely for the fact that you're going to have to kill me if Philly freaking advances and the Flyers are undefeated and the Eagles are undefeated. No, I'm not living in a goddamn universe where this is happening and then the Jets are good, the Giants are good. I, I refuse to accept this. Thank God the Celtics won tonight. You know, I, I literally cannot deal with this. Philly, get your or San Diego, get your crap together. Tonight sucked. They got one hit by Wheeler. Um, the only hope they had was when whoever the shortstop was just 
butcher to throw. Yeah, not loving it. This sucks. Kyle Schwarber brought dancing on my own to Philly. Real original. Great move, buddy. Whenever you found that one. So please, for the love of Christ and my sanity, someone knock off Philly. I, I, I can't do it. Go birds. That's all I have to say. Go birds. I completely forgot you were a Philly fan. Jesus. <laughs> Yes. So um, this is probably the hardest pick, I think, of the whole postseason, in my opinion, this matchup. I'm going Padres in six. And uh, now I kind of feel more like seven now that I know we know who uh, won game one, which uh, was the Phillies. But sticking with... um, Sticking with the Padres here. Um, So basically, I agree with Jason, and I think the two best pitchers in this postseason are uh, Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola, but I think the Padres have a better one through four. I, I just, I like Musgrove, I like Snell. I think the Padres also have the best eighth and ninth inning guys. And Robert Suarez and Josh Hader. Hader was a guy I had no confidence in. I thought he was a choke artist. Go back to the 2019 wildcard game. I mean, he single-handedly, you know, sent the Nationals on their way, you know, to that journey by, uh, you know, coughing up that game and, and letting him win. But dude's been lights out, and he's been unfazed. So with that, I just... I think if Trent Grisham continues to be, you know, very productive and uh, Cronenworth as well, I think Soto will probably wake up. I know he did have a clutch hit in the uh, in the last series there. Uh, Machado's been been pretty solid, uh, Profar as well. I just think the Padres are a very well balanced team, and they're also uh, very good defensively. They're a very good defensive team i think they're just more of a complete package having said that i have no dog in this fight and if the yankees lose i'll truly have no dog in the fight because i i wouldn't mind seeing the padres the phillies or the astros win i i know a lot of red sox fans hate the astros i really um i like them because they're an insurance policy they they beat the yankees when we need them to and prevent that 28th ring from happening. So I'm not as down on the Astros, and I do like uh, Dusty Baker as well. I'm just curious. Wow, the Phillies. This is kind of ominous. The Phillies are number four this season against lefties, and Blake Snell is a lefty. <laughs> that makes me a little uncomfortable. Uh, Blake Snell's the game two starter, so and the Padres are obviously already down. Snell has been pretty solid, though, uh, You know, throughout the summer and even the – the postseason, but it's an uncomfortable pick. I'm not super confident. I, you, you can't go wrong either way. I will say this. There's a, there's a faction of Red Sox nation that, uh, probably is going to lose their S H I T. If Dave Dombrowski goes back to the world series with the Phillies, especially where we finished last, I don't think that's very comforting. So, um, I think that would be hilarious. I, I don't like the way the Phillies are built long term, like we were talking with Atlanta 
earlier, but uh, this is a team that's that's they've pitched very well. They have the number twenty sixth ranked bullpen. That's why I've picked against them every series so far. But the, their bullpen has been basically nails, except for one performance from Zach Eflin. Um, but they're just they're playing over their heads, and uh, it's it's been insane. And they are the sixth seed. How insane is it going to be if they win the World Series, being the first ever sixth seed outside of 2020? Uh, it's just absolutely nuts. But uh, officially, I'm going to take the the well balanced Padres, and they are down one to nothing. They were also down one to nothing against the Dodgers. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, any final thoughts before we wrap? No, everybody's shaking their head. No. All right. Well, hopefully uh, everybody's enjoying the playoffs, enjoying our postseason coverage. Uh, Charlie and I like to do random shows, so perhaps we'll be back on at some point in this series. And if anybody wants to join us, that's uh, fine as well. And, uh, and then we'll be back. I have no idea what day this ends. There's, what, two off days. So potentially, what, nine days from now if it goes all seven games. So uh, and then we'll we'll recap this one and then finally give our World Series picks, which will hopefully involve the Astros. I'm more nervous than you guys. I don't know what it is. I just the offense, the guys they used to have that they don't have a little nervous, but everyone else. uh, Thanks for listening. Have a good rest of your week. Take care.